a bunch of crazy stories written by the Brothers Grimm. And now you're gonna learn all about them, listening to the Brothers Grimm. Students and scholars, friends and relations, welcome to the Brothers Dim podcast, where we discuss the crazy, wacky tales uh, written down and recorded by the Brothers Grimm. My name is Phil. Yeah, my name is Mike. And today we are going to be discussing Grimm's story number 16, The Three Snake Leaves. This is one of the first ones where I read the title and had no idea what was going to happen. <laughs> As opposed to the bird, the mouse, and the sausage. Oh, I mean, that's that you could see that coming a while away. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> how are you doing, Mike? I bought two cellos the other day. Which is a whole okay. story in and of itself. Okay, you but bought... we can leave that out. No, we can. We no, there's no reason to leave that. Out. You bought two cellos. Uh, by by I all did. means. So Why? I've, I've wanted to learn cello for a while. I just thought it was cool. It kind of goes along with having played bass for a long time. Yeah, you thought um, it would be easier. If, you thought it would be twice as easy. <laughs> maybe. You bought two of them. No, no, oh. not at all. So I was looking for a cheap beater, basically. Yeah. Um, and so I'd been perusing Amazon and there's like a, a bunch of different brands, but they're all the same thing of these shitty cellos, which I'm, I'm assuming shitty. And so I figured, well, I could buy a crappy one and then take it to a luthier and see if they could, you know, jazz it up a little bit, make it slightly less crappy. Talk to a local luthier. He's like, yeah, no, that's totally a thing. That's not a waste of time or money. Mm-hmm. So I pulled the, pulled the trigger. And then the next morning saw what I really had wanted, which was, it's a brand called Cecilio. It's like a standard, like student cello. This is a 4-4 used as a guy just upgrading. So I bought a cello on Amazon Thursday night. Friday morning, I see the one that I really want on Facebook Marketplace. I bookmarked that. Saturday, the one from Amazon comes. And sure enough, it is crappy. I was, I was just uncertain. So I messaged the guy and I was like, hey, is that, is that cello still, still available? And he said, I can give it to you for 200 but I, I can't guarantee, you know, you, you got to get here fast because if, if somebody gets here first, then I got to give it away. And I was like, all right, I'll hop in the car. It's in the middle of the state. So it was an hour and 20 minutes to get there. Drove across the state, bought a cello for 200, a much better one. It's, you know, it's like a something I can trust yeah. in. And it's been played by an actual cello player for a while. As I'm pulling out of his driveway, I commenced the return on the crappy one. Okay. And went on my way. By the time I'd gotten home, the company of the crappy one had written to me and said, oh, we're sorry to hear that you were disappointed with the quality of your instrument. Is there anything we can do to help? What if we not, what if we gave you a hundred dollar refund on it? Would you be willing to keep it? And I said, no, I don't know. I'm not, I'm still not really comfortable with it. Didn't want to tell them I'd gone out and gotten a better one for the same price. And they said, well, what if we give you a $150 refund? And so I started doing the math and I was like, that's basically a cello for 40 bucks. That's not bad. <laughs> and so I ended up keeping them both. <laughs> I got a cello. I, I got a decent cello for 200 and then I got a crappy cello for 40 which I can go ahead and modify to my heart's content and not really feel guilty about it. Well, that's fantastic. I'm glad you found something that sparks joy for you. And I uh, look forward to hearing some cello playing uh, from you in the future. In the meantime, yes, would sir. you please... Walk us through the plot of Grimm's Story 16, The Three Snake Leaves. I would love to. So we start off the scene with a poor old man 
who has a son that he can't support. So you kind of have to assume it's a woodcutter, but it's never stated as such. <laughs> um, the, the son is old enough to recognize this. And he says to his dad, you know, I, I clearly am a burden on you. Um, I'm going to go out and seek my fortune if, you know, with your blessing. So they, they tearfully depart. Kid goes out. He discovers that a nearby king is at war. So he joins the, the military of that king. Um, ends up in a in a decisive battle. It looks like it's going to be a rout. He rallies the troops, uh, saves the day. They win the battle. The king recognizes that he solely was responsible for that. So he lauds him with riches and a title and all these things. And of course, the king has um, a very attractive daughter. But the daughter, she's a, she's a little bit of a wackadoodle. She has this contingent that anyone who marries her must agree that whoever whoever dies first, the other must be willing to be buried alive with the other because there's no point in going on if your love is that strong. 90s goth grunge oh. girl suicide pack. Oh, yeah, totally. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he thinks for a hot second. He's like, yeah, you know what? She's so hot. I'll, I'll go for it. The king's like, are you sure? <laughs> and even, even he knows this is weird. Uh, and the, you know, the guy's like, yeah, no, no, no it's, it's good. So they, they have a, a nice little marriage. And then, oh, sure enough, uh, soon after that, she falls ill and dies. And he's like, yeah, okay. So he gets buried in the tomb with her, sealed in with four candles, four loaves of bread, and four bottles of wine. So he's kind of passing his get time. Drunk, you, know, you can have one, right. one, night, one, two nights getting drunk. <laughs> and then, then it's time to die. <laughs> yep, pretty much. You know, he's rationing the bread and, you know, just a sip of wine a day, um, trying to make it as far as he can. And then one day he's in the middle of this and he sees a snake kind of slither on out of one of the corners of the tomb. Uh, and it starts to kind of, it kind of hits towards the the dead body. So he jumps in the way. He has a sword, apparently. I guess you can get buried with that too. Um, and he says, I, you know, I will never let you, de- you know, defile my dead wife of six months and uh, immediately cuts the snake in three pieces and goes back. Also, goes, <laughs> was the snake going to defile your your dead wife's? Yeah, I don't. Or, it's not clear what he thought the snake was going to do. Snake's just like going around. It's like, oh, what do we have here? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and she is dead. I mean, but anyway, yeah. anyways, so he cuts the snake in three pieces and then goes about his meager existence of rationing the bread and wine uh, until until he's uh, eventually dies as well. Doesn't think maybe I can eat this snake. You know, it, he didn't occur, didn't occur to him, which is probably mm-hmm. for the best, because later on, another snake appears, sees the the dead snake, and then goes back to where it had come from, and then comes back with these three green leaves. The snake, by hook or by crook, assembles the three pieces of the dead snake into the way they're supposed to go, puts the leaves on each of the cuts, and then hocus pocus, the snake pieces rejoin, <laughs> and we have a whole snake again. The two of them slither, slither off uh, just fine. The Gadsden flag. The what? The Gadsden flag. You know the flag. It's it used to be uh, people in Massachusetts used to have them. It was uh, all the states are a, a part of the snake. Oh and, yes, yes. And now the the MAGA crowd has taken that as their own, like the "Don't tread on me." Yeah, uh, flag. yeah. But, that's I I know what that means when I see it at this point. Yeah. Okay, so the snake is back together. Yeah, snake is back together. The two snakes slither off, happy as can be, and the guy looks at the leaves on the ground and thinks, "Huh." So he picks up the leaves and he puts one on each of the, the, the dead wife's eyes and then one on the mouth. And sure enough, she comes back to life too. And she's, you know, at first she is uh, confused and doesn't know where she is. You know, the guy explains it to her. And then after they had resurrected, the young king had, you know, he told his faithful servant, he said, oh, you know what? Grab those leaves. Hold on to those because we might have a use for them at some point. 
I can't. Know. I mean, I would think so. I, it could I would, be useful. <laughs> it could be like, useful. I found a. I found an herb that brings dead people back to life. Maybe it could be useful someday. I don't know. I'm not. <laughs> I, don't, I can't. I don't know that it would be. But right. I mean, <laughs> this, you know, let's... this one miracle, the greatest miracle in the history of the world. <laughs> I mean, we don't. We don't probably, need to go find more. We should of probably it. keep them. We yeah. should probably just keep them in a drawer somewhere. Yeah, probably. Yeah, just keep okay. them on your purse. After she regains her strength, they go and bang on the door. The king lets them out. Everybody's happy. It's wonderful. Except she seems to have lost her love for him. And so much so that on a, a voyage not much longer, they're going to go visit his his old father. She falls in with the skipper. She just thinks he's the, the cutest piece <laughs> oh, of boy. cutest piece of meat. Um, <laughs> and in the in the in the extent of the journey, they wait until the, the young king falls asleep and then pick him up by the head and feet and throw him overboard. So they, they've dispatched of him. Meanwhile, the faithful servant witnesses this whole murder and steals away in a little dinghy. He goes and uh, fishes the body out of the ocean, uses the leaves to bring the, the young king back to life. And they book ass back for the mainland to get there ahead of the boat. And they do. So they run in and they explain to the king what happened. And he's like, I, I don't want to believe this, but if this is true, she should be home soon and we'll see what she says. So they they go off and hide in the wings. And sure enough, the princess comes home alone with a forlorn look on her face. And the king says, oh, my darling, what's the matter? Why are you alone? She says, oh, my my wonderful husband fell ill on the voyage and he perished. Um, and the, this young skipper was, you know, he he managed to save me. If, if, if not for him, I would have been lost as well. Um, he can He can back me up on this. And the king goes, I bring the dead back to life and brings out the dead husband alive. She immediately, she's like, oh, crap, falls on her knees begging for mercy. And the king is like, there's no mercy for you. And so sets her <laughs> adrift with the skipper in a ship full of holes, uh, which soon sinks beneath the waves to a watery grave. The end. <laughs> My liege, please, father, <laughs> show mercy. No. <laughs> nope. Nope. Yeah, actually, that. what he says is is pretty good. There is no mercy. He was ready to die with you and restored you to life again, but you have murdered him in his sleep and shall receive the reward that you deserve. There's yeah, there's something to that. I'll I'll gonna get to in in a little bit when we when we get to the notes section. Yeah, there's there is some some nice little bits of language in here. Um, when she it's describing when she's on the ship and you know, we realize that she's fallen out of love with the young king. The phrase is conceived a wicked inclination for the skipper, which I thought was just <laughs> juicy as hell. I like that too, and that I think that that was the line I had written down for what made me laugh first. It was just it was a weird turn of phrase. I also liked it was just a skipper, not the yep. captain. No, not, I don't. I admit, not I even the first mate. This up, I don't know. Yeah, and Gilligan, I don't know the difference between a skipper and a captain. I'm yeah, guessing I, it's, I have no idea. It's something similar. We could probably. I think. I think if it's a big enough boat, there's a captain and then a skipper. On uh, a small boat, maybe it's just the skipper. Just the I skipper. Don't know. I'm guessing this was a decently sized boat if it had a dinghy, though. Yeah. I'm going to see how many times I can say dinghy in this recording as well. <laughs> do do you have I have a couple of morals that it could be. The best I could come up with is keep your promises and you will be rewarded. This okay. guy is pretty. I mean, this guy is pretty spotless. You know, he he saves his, his father by going out to seek his fortune so his father can afford to eat. You know, he saves the the army in the war. He decides to marry this woman anyway, despite the fact that she's a lunatic. 
Yeah. Um, brings her back to life. He's going to go visit his old dad when he gets murdered. Yeah, no, I, I, it, unless they had him have the king spare the princess in the end, like that would have been the coup de grace, but I don't blame him for just kind of standing by and be like, yeah, you know what? Screw it. I went a different route. Okay. I think there's a little, a little bit of the maybe keep your promises, although I don't know that he was really rewarded. I mean, he was rewarded. He was alive at the end of it, but he lost his yeah. wife. He got to see his wife just drown. Even even the even, well, even the wife she cheated on murder. Yeah, but still, it's. I mean, that's not. There's some complicated feelings that you would have. <laughs> yes, at I the suppose. end of that, you'd I be suppose. have a little PTSD. Um, I think don't fiddle with the dead. You just leave yeah. them alone. Yeah, and then don't make any suicide pacts with the gothic grunge girls you meet. I don't care how hot they are. <laughs> you just don't make suicide pacts with any with any crazy women. Speaking of teenage dirtbaggery, it's kind of a miracle that we made it. So, I, what, given given I mean, crazy I, goth girl suicide packs and all that, I <laughs> there were a lot of there. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I was pretty dumb. I was dumb. Uh, if we're gonna hop into a tales of teenage dirtbaggery, <laughs> I certainly dated women that were very bad for me. Yeah, no one that did suicide packs though. Now I yeah. don't re- I don't recall ever hearing about that. From any no, of our friends. I think we mostly all made it out. I mean, we except we for the folks that are, without committing suicide. That, that was never still the in table. the valley. <laughs> was, I'm way too awesome to want to to want to do anything like that. But I definitely uh, I got out without any major any <laughs> major real permanent damage to myself. Certainly, <laughs> just crabs. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> you know this, that that one's easy. Just just shave them off. <laughs> I have a movie pitch, or we can talk about the notes. If you, my notes are a movie pitch. Which, which do you think you would like to? Um, I think notes will probably be short. We can do that, and then, um, yeah, I don't, um, I don't have a lot. I do don't you- have a lot either. I guess uh, there's two sort of themes that kind of go along with uh, the the Arn Arn Thompson part. So it's Arn Thompson Type Six Twelve, right? Which is oh, just the three the three snake leaves. This is the only one sort of of its type. It's a second edition story. Kind of uncertain origins, but more or less, it's this story. Whenever it's retold, it's the same beats. It's the guy meets this woman; she's crazy. They get buried together, blah blah blah. And then the snake gives them the comeback to life stuff. So the themes, kind of, I noticed really were the, I guess, betrayal, which that one feels very Catholic to me. We were talking about her going off with the skipper, right? Yeah, and very Catholic in that it's kind of a parable that if I die. I mean, you you should die too, but more to the point of it, if if I die, our vows are forever, so you should not remarry. Because I think remarriage in Grimm's is a dicey... <laughs> it does tend to have disastrous endings for either the, it has the stepchildren... And she's not... And it, you know, it's, it's almost like a divorce, because both parties are still alive. And the woman cheated on the husband and, and killed, killed her. <laughs> or killed her husband, right? So, yeah. I mean, that's matricide. Matricide? Matricide. That's mother. I thought that was just no. mother. No, or martris, mariticide, mariticide. Ah, yeah, that was just on the tip of my tongue. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely not. Mar- so it's, it's funny you mentioned that because there's also one of the other little bits of text that I thought was interesting was um, when she returns to the, to the king's chambers looking all forlorn, it's described as the godless woman appeared before her father. I mean, there's, there's definitely yeah. judgment in the, the storytelling. But godless in specific, I mean, there's not a lot of 
at least Christianity in these, there's not a lot of overtones besides the obvious, you know, Our Lady's Child and things like that. Um, so I think yeah. that the the adjective godless is it's definitely kind of a flag there. I thought so too. That 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 kicked into my brain too, and that's why I kind of thought if we're if we're looking deeper into this, what you know, what actually happened, and what happened is she cheated on her husband and killed him, and then got and then got killed by even her own father. Her own father was like, "Well, nope, you broke your vows. The vows were you should be forever. You, remarriage is bad in certain ways, and uh, and so you're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna ruin a boat by filling it with holes." <laughs> your so demand long, was skipper. <laughs> your demand was crazy enough to begin with. <laughs> you were already, you already had a strike against you the only other uh note kind i had which i which i liked was the idea of you know the herbs bringing back people from the dead as far as whether or not this is like you know a truly original german kind of story but that idea uh has been around since antiquity i yeah. think oh yeah and and because you know there's herbs that actually do have healing properties anti-inflammatory tea or whatever you know this stuff actually does exist and i would like to point out first i am not saying don't go get real medicine <laughs> if you need if you need real medicine but um when you, you know before there was aspirin if you got a a wound then there was there was two options one is put some put an anti-inflammatory on it or it just gets infected and you die in a pre-soap world so i get so I kind of like the idea of uh, this herb, the natural final transition of these stories about healing herbs is an herb that brings back people from the dead. Yeah. I mean, well, let's not Do forget leech, leeches are like, a viable medical solution too. like it didn't it didn't always work, but <laughs> no, I think it <laughs> usually didn't was, work. <laughs> it was the doctors. It was the it was the when the dudes got involved, they were like herbs. Listen, old yeah. lady, <laughs> let me just put my dirty hands inside you. Take your tea and your willow bark. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. We don't need any of that nonsense. Uh, I've got I've got good ideas. <laughs> I've got a knife and I got a leech and uh, I've got a theory. <laughs> <laughs> this is science. It's this it's it's science in a way. Yeah, it, it will be science. a little bit. It, it's a little bit science in that. They, they, yeah, they had they had a hypothesis. <laughs> And then they went and tested the hypothesis and killed a bunch of people while doing for hundreds of years. For hundreds of years. <laughs> one uh, one theme I'm seeing. This is a minor one, but he he gets locked. He gets sealed in the tomb with loaves of bread and bottles of wine. I mean, and, yeah. and I even though I don't drink, I'd probably want wine if I was getting buried alive too. But like, does anybody drink water, or is it <laughs> like anytime no. somebody drinks something, it's wine? No, they don't because because you couldn't because water had a bunch of weird shit in it. It was you know sometimes literally true uh it was it was you drink wine or beer and you live and if you don't you you get all these weird water-based diseases you yeah. know all these george washington he had his he had beer it was a low it's a disgusting beer i've tried his recipe but um <laughs> a low low super low alcohol like three percent alcohol oatmeal stout yeah that was there so he's like well i don't i can't have my guys getting drunk but I also can't have them drinking water. Yeah, I think that is that is something I've I was aware of is that in these days when you know it was beer with bre or ale with breakfast, uh, yeah. wine with lunch. That was it was typically a very low, low potency. Yeah, it was session ale, crushable, <laughs> crushable <laughs> breakfast ale. Not that this man 
needed to worry about how long was he going to live technically as the whole point was that he was going to starve to death inside the tomb with this with this lady i digress i do have a movie pitch if you you hit me okay i think you can have a lot of the same beats i'm going to set this as a northern tale i'm going to have some vikings because who doesn't like with you i'm with you so viking raids and such it's cold uh the woman chief's daughter she takes part in the raids too of course originally yeah, and the the guys he's a very good soldier, and the chiefs you know becomes this the most trusted lieutenant or already is. So the guy falls in love with the chieftain's daughter, and they've been so successful at raiding and such that the chief gives them his blessing. They get married, and they're a terror to everyone in their path. <laughs> and I'm going to uh, avoid the whole suicide pact thing, right? But the woman dies in a raid, uh, and the tribe has a tradition where someone has to guard the body for seven days or whatever before the normal viking funeral and mm. the man is protecting the body in the crypt until she's buried or what have you and then you can if you want you can have the snake come out he kills the snake and brings it outside throws it out of the crypt now as it happens in this cemetery there is a a shrine kind of fountain thing to balder the old norse god of rebirth mm-hmm. it's overgrown and leaves and such no one's no one's worshiping him anymore uh, leaves, the guy's not eh? paying much attention throws the snake and it lands in the fountain and you can have a kind of neat sequence where the leaves close in over the fountain and there's some light when they reopen the snakes alive and so here's where i diverge a bit a lot i should say (laughs) so this guy still overcome with grief like wow a magic fountain praise the gods uh praise the old gods and immediately goes gets the wife places her in the fountain same light same everything uh, as the snake but and here's the twist uh sometimes as with resurrection, uh, the person you put in there ain't the person that comes back. <laughs> <laughs> come back changed. Yeah, the they come back changed. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she comes back from the dead. <laughs> but while she was at peace and died in battle, so her soul has already crossed the rainbow bridge. You know, she's she's in Valhalla. All that's left is is this kind of demon vam a demon vampire person gets into the body. The soul's gone. Uh, I know I've been kind of leaning on zombies lately, but something of that sort. She starts raising all these other bodies from the dead. Dude Ooh. runs away, goes and gets the townsfolk ready. And Damn it, if you want, Yeah. <laughs> if you want, you can do that on a boat. Uh, you know, he races across the, you know, the, I don't know, the fountains on an island or something. Gets on the boat, but he has to get back to the town before the demons all get there. And then you can have kind of a horror movie sequence for a night till the town decides to fight back. Uh, there's an old wise man in town who's like well you shouldn't have put her in there in the first place the grandfather in the lost boys exactly the the old well there were the old man from pet cemetery but there's the old wise man he's seen this before he knows there's here's a way to kill him is with flaming arrows or something and then you have a, a nice big viking versus demon fight vikings win the end i'd go see that that's 90 minutes of summer fun is what that is yeah totally who would Maybe you I'll... who would you cast in that well who would you cast in that for the the wife I immediately thought of Kate Blanchett just because of her character in uh, Thor Ragnarok. Okay. It's probably not uh, a good reason to do that. <laughs> just got it on her resume. It's like, <laughs> oh, I've played, I've played undead I've played dark and Vikings dark and before. Disturbing. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know about the hero. Can't do Tim- Timothy Chalamet because that Wonka movie that's coming out is just, it, may, it might have ruined him for me. 
Oh, well, I think he we'll see how Dune 2 plays out. Also, he's not very Viking looking. He's not very Viking. like. He's kind of he's a little bit of a he's a bit of a, a skinny boy. So you want someone someone kind of big, but youngish, I guess. So you don't want um, who is that fella from Game of Thrones? That's Aquaman. Oh, Jason Momoa. Yeah, you don't really want Jason Momoa. Well, he also, also doesn't a, look like a Viking. No, he doesn't. He's, he's a little swarthy. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe the, maybe you. Maybe who? You. You're, Me? You're, no, you're I'm not. Fair-haired. I'm not. I'm not very strong. <laughs> you don't need to be strong. It's acting. <laughs> I well, no, you should. Uh, you know, you need. You want to have the the kind of super buff Viking body. I don't. No, well, okay. see, I'm not sure who I would cast. So yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know if that's a worthy uh, tangent. <laughs> yeah, well, it might not be. We'll we'll see, and I'll I'll maybe think about. I'll think about some of these things. Um, that is all I have, though. This this story has made me want to start keeping a log of all the creative capital punishments that happened in the last couple sentences. Because <laughs> we have, <laughs> you, you know, the 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 barrel with snakes and boiling oil. Again, like why the, why do you need snakes in the first place? Yeah. <laughs> Fit it into a barrel full of nails and roll down a hill. Yeah. But I, sh- I should probably start logging these. The, you, I think you should. I would. I would be very interested in that. You can make a nice little web page. <laughs> it's a very silly web 1.0 page of uh, here's how everyone died in Grimm's. <laughs> the, the body count. And yeah, and you can you know like <laughs> died via barrel and, and what sort of barrel it was. Was oh, it yeah, full of acid and snakes? <laughs> was it full of lava or nails? For now, we can leave things. This has been story number sixteen: the three snake leaves. My name's been Phil. And my name has been Mike. Sleep tight, and we will talk to you next time. 